Hey, pull out your Bibles and your outlines and a pen. We're going to get right into it here. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be with you guys. So hey, welcome. If this is your first time, welcome to the Warehouse High School Service. My name is AJ. I am the junior high pastor here, and it's my privilege to get to speak with you guys tonight. So um, this week, uh, today is my son Jake's third birthday. And Nope, nope. I don't know why everyone just assumes he's cute. Maybe because they know he looks like me. So, he does. Um, Huh? Well, maybe. All right. So, um, today is Jake's birthday, and yes, he is cute, and Jake is awesome. And so, uh, earlier this week, uh, my wife and I had an opportunity to take our boys to Disneyland for a quick family vacation, and uh, that was interesting. Um, to take two little kids to Disneyland. We love Disneyland. My wife and I go every year for our anniversary, and uh, we took Liam, our six-year-old, three years ago, right before he turned three, because they're free before they're three. And so that's really the only reason we took him, because it meant we got to go. (laughs) So, uh, and then uh, because Jake was about to turn three, we took both boys this week, and uh, Um, You know, it it just kind of, as I was preparing for tonight's message, I was kind of thinking about um, taking them down to Disneyland, and uh, it was an exciting time. There was tons of stuff that they wanted to do, and uh, man, they, like, overstimulation, right? Like, stuff everywhere, and people everywhere, and even the first night we got down there, we just took them into downtown Disney. We didn't even go into the park, and uh, we're walking around, and Jake just saw, like, a picture of Mary Poppins on, I don't know, like a parking thing. Like, I don't know, it was probably like the Mary Poppins lot. And he goes, oh my gosh. And I was like, let's go home. Like he's experienced it, you know, and we'll save money. Um, and so it was cool. But yeah, so we took him into the park and there was just a ton that they wanted to do. And, uh, and you know, uh, Disneyland is awesome because it's a lot of fun, but it's also one of those places where you never get to do uh, everything that you want to do, and a lot of the stuff that you think you want to do um, really didn't, you know, maybe didn't satisfy you the way you thought it would, or it didn't, you know, whatever. So um, it got me thinking, because Jake, one of the things he wanted to do, one of the first things we did when we got in the park, my wife Susan was like, Jake, do you want to meet Elsa? Because he loves Frozen, he loves Elsa, um, and, uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, Elsa, whatever, I don't know, he talks in like, three-year-old talk. So, um, and uh, so we went, we go to the place where you can meet Elsa from Frozen, and we get in line, and um, I'll never do that again, uh, because it was, it was awful. We waited in line for an hour, right? And uh, we waited in line for an hour just to meet, uh, spoiler alert, sorry, I don't know, you guys might not realize this, it's not actually Elsa from Frozen, right? So, um, it's just a person, <laughs> in a costume. So we get in there, and so we're waiting for an hour, right? And I'm just like, this better be worth it. Like, do it, you, all day when you take little kids to Disneyland, you're just telling yourself, like, you're doing it for them. You're doing it for them, right? Like, this is making memories, whatever. So we wait in line, and finally it's our turn, and like, they've got it all set up for Elsa, you know, like, to be this big moment. And uh, it's not even like the other characters where you just wait in line, but you can see them from line. So you're like, oh, there's that, there's Gotcha, okay. So Elsa's in her own room, and they only let one family in at a time. So we're waiting. It's finally our turn, and my wife's carrying Jake. Our son Liam is walking next to him. I'm trying to get video, which didn't turn out because, I don't know, it just didn't, right? Jake, we wait an hour for him to meet Elsa, and his response is, nope, nope, nope. He would not look at her. 
So uh, we have awesome pictures of, uh, I'm not in them because I was the designated photographer of the day. And so it's Susan holding Jake and she's smiling and she looks as good as she always does. And Jake's just like in her, no, 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 right? Like won't look at her. And Liam, some, for some reason, he's like six feet away from everyone, just like, <laughs> And even Elsa, like, I wish I could show you the picture. I tried to get it on the computer, but I couldn't do it. Even Elsa is kind of, like, standing there like, this is really awkward. (laughs) This family doesn't actually want to meet me. It was so weird. But it got me thinking, um, have there been things in our lives that we thought we wanted or we thought they would satisfy us or we thought they would mean more to us, and then when we got them, they just didn't, right? And so I thought about all kinds of times through my life, whether it was relationships with people, whether it was just stuff, so often for us, it's stuff. And we think, if I could just get that, it'll like, that'll be it. And I'll be satisfied and I'll be happy and I'll have everything that I need. And tonight we're going to talk about how Jesus is much more than that. All right. And so just like I said, we were in Disneyland. We're going to get to, um, we're going to get to like tonight's outline in a minute. And so you can open up your Bibles to John chapter six. But as you're doing that, today was Jake's birthday. Okay. So we went to celebrate their birthday. We got back yesterday, but today was his actual birthday. So we felt like, okay, we got to at least give him a little bit of, you know, like a present to unwrap. Right. And so we got him some books, a Toy Story book and a Three Little Pigs book. I had to think about it for a second because I didn't, I didn't buy them. I didn't pick them out. That's not my job, <laughs> right? So we get those for him, and he, un, he pulls the wrapping paper out. He looks at him. He's like, oh, my gosh. That's his thing, if you haven't noticed. And he goes, a Toy Story and Three Pigs book. And we're like, yeah. And he sets them down and goes, I want more presents. And he was like, matter of fact, like he wasn't rude. And he was just like, okay, more now. Okay, and we're like, oh, that's it. And he's like, I want more. (laughs) Like he didn't understand. And so I'm just sitting there kind of thinking like, you don't understand the amount of money I just spent to take you to Disneyland. You didn't look at Elsa. I'm going to hold that against you for the rest of your life. Okay, you're going to be in therapy because of how I'm going to treat you now. And we got you these books. We didn't have to get you these books. And it was like, he just wanted more. We got him good stuff and he wanted more. And I was the same way in Disneyland, probably as a little kid. But I mean, like two days ago, I was the same way in Disneyland. Like there was, it was really crowded. And then we have kids. And so with kids, there's just not as much that you can do. And I'm like, hey, can we just like put them in a corner somewhere? They'll be safe. And we'll go like ride Space Mountain or something. And Susan said no. And so I was like, there was stuff, there was things at Disneyland where I was like, I want more. Like I want to, I want more Disneyland, you know? And like, we just get that way about all kinds of stuff, because we just think we need more and more and more, even good things in life, right? If one slice of pizza is good, two's better, and three's even better than that, and the whole pizza is what AJ eats, right? (laughs) So tonight, you guys are in John chapter 6, and I want to talk about what in life satisfies us, and the things that we truly need all right? Because so often there's so many things that we want and we think that that's what we need, but we get them confused. All right? So this uh, series for the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at these I am statements of Jesus. And uh, 
as you can see, this, the title of this series is I Am, and uh, this is going to take us all the way up through Easter, and we're really excited about this because these are different things that Jesus says um, about himself, and they're, uh, they are all in the book of John. Um, this is where we find all of them kind of put together, and so we're going to spend most of our time in the book of John for this series, but there's plenty of other places where you can find where Jesus says, I am this, I am that, right? And, uh, and so um, tonight we're going to be in John chapter 6, so hopefully you're already there, and the big thing, guys, is that this chapter, John 6, we could honestly do a two-month-long series just on this chapter, the things that Jesus does in this chapter and the things that he says, we could pick this apart forever because there are some incredible things that Jesus does in this chapter. But we don't have time to just spend two months on John 6. So we're going to do it tonight, and then next week we're going to be in a different part of the book. But here's my challenge for you guys, and I think this would make this series more impactful for all of us, is uh, that we would read through John together as a group while we're going through this series. I think that would be a really important thing. So if you have a quiet time or if you don't, um, just add reading one chapter of John each day to what you do. Wake up in the morning, read a chapter of John, read what Jesus says about himself or the things that he's doing. And uh, then through, as we're going through this series, man, our prayer is that we'll all have a much deeper understanding of who Jesus is and what he means to us. Okay, and so tonight from John chapter 6, the I am statement of Jesus that we're going to be looking at is when he said, I am the bread of life. And in fact, it's going to come up on the screen. He says it there in chapter 6, verse 48. I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. What the heck is Jesus talking about? I am the bread of life. Does anybody have a clue? Like if someone told you like, hey, what's up? I'm bread. Like what they were talking about. No, it's a really strange thing for Jesus to say, right? Fortunately, he gives us some good context. So we're not going to read through the whole chapter, but I'm going to take a drink of water real quick. Thank you for silently watching me do that. And, um, and then I want to give us a little bit of context. So early on in the book of John, okay? So Jesus is getting started with his teaching, and it says right there in the very beginning, chapter 6, verse 1, if you have your Bible open, you can kind of follow along. We're not going to read it, but basically it says that Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd was following him wherever he went, and if you've grown up in church, if you've spent time at church, this is one of the most famous Bible stories um, that that we've heard, right? We hear this all the time. There's this crowd that's following Jesus. He's teaching them, and they start to get hungry. And his disciples are like, Jesus, hey, they're really hungry. They need some food. And so Jesus finds out about this little boy that has what? He's got his lunch. Who remembers what was in it? Five loaves of bread and two fish, right? Five loaves of bread and two fish. The Bible tells us that there were 5,000 men there in this group, okay? And so for some reason, at this time, they just counted men, and they're like 5,000 men. So with women and children, this could be like over 10,000 people in this huge group that's listening to Jesus teach, and they're hungry, and they don't have any food, and his disciples are like, hey, Jesus, why don't you like call it a day? Let's get some rest. We'll get some food for ourselves. Just tell them to go away, and they can get their own food. And Jesus says, no, I want to like, keep hanging out with them. And they're like, well, we don't have enough food. And he's like, just bring the boys lunch and I'll figure it out. So Jesus performs a miracle. 
where he turns these five loaves of bread and two fish into food for thousands of thousands of people. And it says that they picked up like 12 baskets of leftovers. Okay, so Jesus multiplies all this food. He makes all these people happy in there. Now they're like bought in. He's got his hook in them, right? And they're bought in and they're like, this guy must be special because I saw him do something special and they want to know all about him. And then that night, like when Jesus finally does call it a day. He sends his disciples out on a boat, but he's like kind of chilling by himself. And then he goes out and like, they're all like whatever scared. And he's like, no, it's cool. And then he like provides for them in the storm. And then the next day, the Bible tells us that this crowd of people, they come to find him again. And they're basically saying like, hey, Jesus, remember the food thing yesterday? Could you do that again? Because we ate that. And then a day passed and now we're hungry again. Because that happens with us, right? We ate dinner. How many of you ate dinner tonight already? How many of you that ate dinner tonight are already hungry? All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, that happens. We eat and then we get hungry again. And so these people are like, man, we need more food. Let's go find Jesus. Because he's a magician that makes food appear. So they go to find him. And they go, hey, give us more of that food, right? And so then we kind of see in, in like verses 22, that's where they start to find him again. And uh, G, in verse 26, Jesus replies, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs that I was doing. Basically, Jesus is saying, like he's calling them out. He's like, look, you don't even care about me or the things that I've said. All you want is more food. All you want is more of the stuff that you think is going to make you happy. Right? They want more and more and more. They respond to Jesus in verse 30. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. He's basically said, all you want is food. You don't believe in my miraculous signs? Because remember, the day before, he turned a boy's lunch into food for thousands. He says, you don't even care about my miracles. And they go, if you want us to believe in your miracles, show us a miracle. That doesn't make, they, he already has. Do you guys get how stupid that is? Yes? You guys are, like, what they are saying is, okay, so the miracle you did yesterday, for us to believe it, do another miracle. And then that'll show that that miracle was true. I don't understand. If you want us to believe, show us a miraculous sign. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. You guys remember that story when the Israelites are going through the desert, Right? And in the, their version of the story, it says, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. They forgot how that bread got there. See, they forgot that it wasn't Moses that made the bread appear, right? All they're still thinking is, we just got to get more food. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Again, Jesus is kind of talking weird, but what he's basically trying to tell them is it's not about the bread. It's not about the bread. It's about who gives us the bread, right? That miracle in the wilderness in the Old Testament while the Israelites are traveling, it wasn't about the manna that they woke up to in the morning. It was about the provider of the manna. And the miracle that Jesus had performed the day before when they're listening to him teach, it wasn't about the fact that he multiplied a boy's lunch to feed all of them. It was about the fact that he provided for them. It was about the fact that he did it. 
When we go to a restaurant and we order our food, we never think about the person behind the counter that's providing it for us. If you went to Chipotle and there was no one working there, would you get your burrito? Okay, one of you is going to be like, I'd just go back there and make it myself. I know it. Right? But if there were no employees, if there was no one to get stuff, we wouldn't have the food. If there's no one to provide for us, we wouldn't get the provisions. And so tonight, that's your first fill in. The main point is that Jesus is our provider. He provides for us. God provided then in the wilderness. And Jesus is saying, I'll provide now too. That's what he's telling these people and that's what he's telling us now. Is it's not about the bread. It's not about the miracles that I can perform. It's about who I am. Right? That's why he later goes on to say, I am the bread of life. We get so caught up in what we want. See, that, that's what they, they just, they think what they need is bread. <clears throat> they think they need food. And so they've gotten caught up in what they want. And we do the same thing. We blur the lines between what we need and what we want. We think, oh, I need to go on a trip to Disneyland. I need to have more birthday presents. I need to have a new phone. I need new shoes. I need whatever. And those are wants. The reality is, is that our life doesn't depend on those things. And so when we say that Jesus is our provider, we're not saying that he provides us with whatever we want. So often we get caught up in this trap that, to believe that Jesus is like a magician. There have been things that I wanted in my life, really, really, really wanted. Not just stuff, but there's things that I've wanted, and I wanted Jesus to provide them, but he reminded me, you don't need that. Jesus provides our needs, not our wants. That's your next fill-in. Jesus provides our needs, not our wants. And see, this, this idea of Jesus being the bread of life and these people wanting bread from him, we don't fully understand it because we don't understand, we don't live in a time or a place. Man, there's people that are alive right now where this is a real reality for them, but we don't really live in a place where we're going around and we need bread. We think of bread as like a side dish. We think of bread as the thing that, like, I need a piece of bread to hold me over until my dinner gets here, right? But they needed bread. They were so poor, and food was so hard to come by, that bread was like the difference between life and death. So what they're saying to Jesus is, it's not a small, it's not a small ask. They're not asking for a Game Boy. They're asking for life. They're saying, Jesus, we need that bread. You have what we need for us to be alive. And Jesus says, the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. There it is. That's what they need is life, and that's what they're asking for when they ask for bread. He says, the true bread the one that gives life to the world. And they said, sir, give us that bread every day. 
See, they think he's still talking about bread, bread. And they're like, yeah, give us that bread. That's what we want. Give us that bread every day. Now they're starting to get excited. Maybe Jesus is like this magic king that like he's going to take over. He'll be the ruler. And every day he'll walk out onto like his castle patio and be like, bread. And everyone will have like bread to eat. Right? They want a king that's going to give them all the stuff that, that they want. And unfortunately, we're the same way. We want someone who's going to give us the stuff that we want. And we pray for more money, for more stuff. We fall into that trap that we talked about. That Jesus is like the answer to the things that we want. Right? You can fill this in. We aren't satisfied by stuff. See, they're asking Jesus for something that they think is going to be their key to life. They're asking for bread. But his whole point is like, oh, no, that's not it. Back up. Keep going back. We aren't satisfied by stuff. We'll get to that one in a second. All right, we'll leave it up there. Just imagine it's not there. All right? See, they want Jesus to provide life. That's what they're asking for. They're saying, Jesus, you've got the key to life. It's just giving us bread. So keep doing that. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I am life. Not what I can give you, but who I am. Right? We think things are going to give us life. We think things are going to satisfy us. We already talked about, if I have this, then I'll be happy. If I'm able to do that, then I'll be happy. How many of you guys think you'd be happy if you won the lottery? I don't know what it's up to, but like they get into some wacky numbers right now. It's this much money. Yeah. Right? And we all think about that much money and we're like, I don't even know what I would do with all that money. The funny thing is whenever I think about winning the lottery and it's like 488 million dollars or something like that. I can't fathom spending that much money, so I'm always like, well, I'll just give the, I'll give my church 487 million dollars of it, and then I'll pay off like my school loans and my mortgage, and then I'll just be set. Like, I'll work, and it'll just be cash for the rest of my life. But the funny thing is, nobody ever does that when they win the lottery. Because when they go to write that check, and they're like, to the church, 487, oh, that's a cool car. 486,000 million, whatever it is. I don't, I'm not going to do math, okay? Right? And then all of a sudden, there's more and more and more and more that they want. It's like, oh, well, this beach house, that one didn't make me happy, so I'm going to buy another one. And maybe, like, if I share time between the two of them, then I'll be happy. And when I get tired of this one, I'll drive to the other one in my fancy new fast car. Right? Because we think that stuff is going to satisfy us. Did you know that there's like such a thing as like, it's called like the lottery curse. And there's like some weird, crazy like numbers about people that win the lottery that either end up bankrupt or like the most normal thing is like you win the lottery and all of a sudden you've got a lot more cousins than you knew about. You know, like you're getting phone calls from people that are like, no, no, I'm your, I'm, I'm your cousin on your mom's, uh, your mom's uncle's side from... Arkansas. And you're like, I've never met this person before. And they're like, no, we're close. We are close, you know. 
That's like the most normal thing that happens. If I had a family member, okay, if I had the phone number for anyone that won the lottery, I'd be their cousin. I don't care. <laughs> right? But there's a crazy amount of people that end up bankrupt after they win the lottery. There's people that have like committed suicide. Be, suicided. <laughs> there's people that have committed suicide because they like there's too much pressure or they realize it didn't make them happy or whatever. There's people that have been murdered. There's crazy family things that happen. And it's not like one or two, it's like a lot, right? Because what happens is they realize that money is not what's going to make them happy. And in fact, it just creates more pressure than they were able to deal with. Because we're not satisfied by stuff. So Jesus replies in verse 35, I am the bread of life. So remember, they've asked like, they've, They've said, Jesus has said, like, hey, that bread that gives you life. And they're like, give us that bread. And he's like, no, dummies, listen, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And Jesus, again, is saying it's not about what I can give you. It's about who I am. They said, Jesus, we need life. We need food because we're hungry and that'll keep us alive. And he said, no, it's not about bread. It's about me. The only thing that can provide real life. And the life that Jesus is talking about is not just that day having your cereal to keep you going in the morning. It's about true everlasting life. That's what he's talking about. I am the only thing that can provide you life. Because without Jesus, we're dead. Your last feeling, guys, is that we're satisfied only by what Jesus provides. We're satisfied only by what Jesus provides. And we're not talking about like every day. Like sometimes I I read this passage and passages like this. And when it says like, you know, I'll provide what you need. And I I get like, I get kind of hung up on this idea. Like, okay, Jesus, does that mean I'm supposed to like not have anything and just pray really hard? And then I'll like, you'll provide for me. And I think what Jesus is just trying to say is, I'm the only thing that can give you true life. Because the reality is, guys, you could have everything that you want in life. My son Jake could have gotten all of the birthday presents that he wanted. We could have showed up at Disneyland on Monday and there could, we could have been told, hey, weird thing happened. You guys are the only people here today. And I still would have found something to complain about. We still would have been like, I don't know. The line for Indiana Jones was too long. Your brother was in front of me. You know, I was like. (laughs) Because we're not satisfied by stuff. We may be temporarily satisfied. That's what food is. When we're hungry, we're temporarily satisfied. When we're starving and we get to eat, drink a little bit of water, we are satisfied for a time. But it goes away, and then we're hungry again. But with Jesus, he's the only thing that gives us that perfect, everlasting, eternal life. And that's what he's saying. When they say, Jesus, we need that bread, he says, I am the bread. Because all you need is me. And you'll never crave again. If you had everything you ever wanted, 
but Jesus, you'd be dead. And if you had nothing but Jesus, you'd have life. So tonight I I want us to just recognize that Jesus provides us with the life that we really need. And I want us to think about the things in our life that we try to use as substitutes, stuff that we think is going to satisfy us. And as we go into our small groups, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the things that we think are going to make us happy. We're going to talk about how we can remove that thought and how we can lean on Jesus for the things that we truly need. All right, so let me pray for you guys, and then we're going to head into our groups. Heavenly Father, God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for who you are. Jesus, we're thankful for the way that you sustain us for eternity. We're thankful for the life that we find in you, the way that you love us. Be with our groups tonight, God. I just pray that you'd be among them, that you would be uh, stirring conversation in our hearts, uh, giving us questions, giving us answers, that you would just be with us for the rest of the evening, God, that we would feel your presence, and, uh, and man, that we would just learn so much about who you are and how much you love us. So Jesus, in your name we pray, amen.